0: Before we officially start this episode of the Team Turnbuckle podcast on the IB Sports podcast feed, I just want to remind everyone that you can find numerous podcasts on that IB Sports podcast feed. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and Anchor. This includes uh, the televangelist where RC did a review on Cobra Kai, me and my man Sam Howell uh, did a podcast on The Boys Season 2, the Backdoor Cover, and much more. We are also on social media. You can follow Ivy Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And the Team Turnbuckle group also has a Facebook group that we would love it if you join, and a Twitter page, at Team Turnbuckle. And with that, this is another edition of the Ivy Sports Wrestling Podcast, the Team Turnbuckle Podcast. I am your host, Keith Fleming. Uh, Normally, I have you know this the six-man tag rotation going with me ronnell and sam how unfortunately Ronel can't be here today but my brother sam how is here today sam what's going on
1: i uh not much just trying to avoid the uh the uh debate you know the dueling uh <laughs> debate things but uh or the town halls uh, enjoying a beautiful day in los angeles um You know, the state may be on fire part of the time, but (laughs) when it's not, it's beautiful. (laughs) Uh,
0: I mean, that's one thing about Georgia. It was like yesterday and, you know, I'm just south of Atlanta. It was, I think, 82 degrees uh, for most of the afternoon with about a 5, 10 mile per hour breeze. I think the actual temperature, like what it felt like outside was like 76. And, uh, you know, I, I I don't understand how people live up north. You're now a guy on the west coast. I don't get it. Why? Why would you live in the cold when you can constantly have nice weather? It's short so year round here. I'm sure it's pretty much that way for you now, as well. And uh, I, I can't do it. I couldn't wear the clothes.
1: It, you know, I got to be honest with you. It is the the first winter that I was here. I was expecting like Florida winter, and like it actually the it got into the 50s. And there's like a half ass winter here where it's the rainy season. Uh, the funniest was when the Rams were in the Super Bowl the only like the the funniest like i couldn't stop laughing when i saw this i i uh pharmacy i go to is down by cedar sinai in beverly hills and uh and there was the only like billboard the only sign i saw for the rams was this sad ass banner on one of the skywalks at cedar sinai that was like uh cedar sinai supports the rams and it was like 50 and raining and just grim and i was like no this is right this is this is exactly what i expected
0: (laughs) they scored six points in the super bowl but as a falcons fan i can't
1: judge so um as an eagles fan however i can lord this (laughs) over (laughs) I
0: i just want one um So on this week of the Team Turnbuckle podcast, we're going to skip off the top. We're going to get right into the superlatives. And the reason I wanted to do that was at the end of the show, they had their draft uh, in WWE for Raw and SmackDown. Um, It was okay. I I don't really have any complaints or wasn't any huge shocks to me. Uh, on people going to either, you know, brand. I was mildly surprised that Bianca Belair and Street Profits got broke up because it seems like that's a WWE like rule now that husbands and wives or couples are allowed to be on the same show. Uh, but I thought it would be cool for us to do it because I did have a little bit of a problem with them letting Raw go first and Drew McIntyre being the first pick. I mean, Roman Reigns is the guy right now. Uh, I understand what that means for Drew, and I also understand it's probably just because Royal went first. But um, I just I, I disagree with that. I think that especially with the way Roman is right now, where he's as over as he's ever been, uh, you make him the number one pick.
1: But uh... so, so let me let me rebut that. Is it actually from a storyline standpoint, heels work best when they are. Excuse me. Um, sorry, I just housed some water after a walk or a jog. Or uh, heels are at their best when they are. There's like a kernel of truth to what they're saying, and I think that Roman coming out and being like, "Like, hey, I'm the best. I'm the face of the company." Like Drew McIntyre, like I'm on the A show. I'm on the one in the network. I'm on. You know, I'm the guy. I'm the the uh, tribal chief even if I haven't been, you know, specially. but you, you know, the, the, I'm joking. Um, but uh, you know, to, to say that, like to have um, Roman not be the number one pick, like there's sort of a legitimate complaint to being disrespected in that regard. And so I don't mind it there. But are they going to use it? That's my issue. Cause I, I
0: don't, I don't really see them doing that. If they do, if they do, I absolutely agree with you, but I would be willing to bet it's not brought up again. I don't remember any of the pictures being brought up or when they were drafted or any of that kind of stuff. Uh, last year, when you, I mean, you bring up a great point. That if somebody say drafted in the sixth round, it would be a great storyline. Third Hill just to be like, I'm pissed off. I'm better than that, you know, uh, like what professional athletes do. Um, but I mean, we'll wait and see. I mean, Reigns, his, I mean, everything is so perfect right now that I trust them wholeheartedly. And, you know, there's very few times and very few people in WWE can say that. It just, it did surprise me because I assumed he would be, but, you know, McIntyre has also earned it. He's been champion longer. You know, he beat Lesnar at Mania, something Reigns couldn't do. So, I mean, I guess there is also justification for, you know, Drew being the pick too.
1: Uh, I think that, well, next month, remember, there's, with Survivor Series, they should be wrestling, so yeah. I could see it there. I do have some complaints about the draft, but we can get there when we get to the discussion about the draft. Perfect.
0: Why don't we start off with Match of the Week? Um, there was a lot of actually good matches this week. I was pretty close to the selecting the Cody Rhodes versus Orange Cassidy match, which I really enjoyed. Uh, I actually like the tag match that started the show too with the F, uh, FTR versus the best friends. But, and I mean, but ultimately I had to go with the New Day versus Shinsuke and Cesaro. It was surprising to see them. That played a role in it. Uh, it was su- a little surprising that they won the belts uh, on their first night back. And that obviously played a part in it. And then obviously the shocking news at the end where they were splitting up the new day, you know, and giving them no choice that Biggie's is going to be on one brand and Xavier and Kofi are going to be on the other. So that all played a big role in it, but it was also just a really good match with four really good workers. Apollo's hot tag was impressive. Like I sometimes forget how good he is because Kofi and Big E are so talented uh, as performers and in the ring that they're kind of naturals, and I feel like Xavier has to work a little bit harder than they do. Uh, but it was really impressive the way he handled that hot tag at the end. It was a great match. Happy they're back. Happy they're tag champs. And I'm happy that they're making Biggie kind of go on it on his own because I think he's a future world champion.
1: Uh, I think you mean Xavier, not Apollo.
0: I'm sorry, Xavier. But it wasn't he. Uh,
1: wasn't that his gimmick in um, TNA? wasn't he oh, this is know. gonna be uh anyway uh, yeah no I I think that it's easy like we I there's a tendency with wrestling where like I think you can forget greatness like you take it for granted like oh the new day like the new day and the Usos are just so reliably great that it's very easy to forget like oh yeah like there and that match no I, I'm consequences creed that was his name in TNA Right. Uh sorry about that. No, you're good. Um, was, I know. I know you can't get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. I. No, I'm one of those where like that bothers me. Oh no, it's,
0: I know. I live with one. My wife's the same way, so I get it, Sam.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I thought it was a really solid match. Um. A little disappointed to see the tag titles sort of get shuffled around like that so quickly. You know, it feels like the new the Nakamura and Cesaro just won them. Though it could that could also just be like you Mike just gave three. your answer
0: though to why they did it. Survivor series. I mean it's gonna be awesome to see the street profits in the new day. That's something we yeah. haven't seen. They're gonna tear the freaking place down.
1: Yeah. True. Um, true. And I my match of the week, uh, I went with they like you said, we we're kind of spoiled for choice. And I wanted to go with another SmackDown match, which is the Big E and the Sheamus match. And I think. I'm more and more excited about Big E's potential WrestleMania match with Roman. Um, just because I think he's earned it. Uh, he's never been a world champion. So you have that moment of like eight years of being like, and I'm, I, I've for a long time said, I thought that Big e's the most underrated wrestler in the company. Um, he can do it. Like, we've seen him do it all. He's been a heel. He's been a face. He's been a heater for Dolph Ziggler he's been done comedy he's done uh serious he's great he's Uh and he, he is like and and unscriptedly funny like I don't know if you ever saw um the like some of his tweets like I remember he when oh, he yeah. was his Twitter is
0: a must follow
1: uh yeah and uh but Seamus is another guy who I think is a underrated you know it's kind of a shame uh, I think that he's a guy who came up in an era when the talent pool was much more shallow. But, like, even on a roster that includes, you know, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns doing peak work, like, he's a damn good, like, he's a solid jake roberts rick rick rude type from the 80s you know that kind of he was
0: punished by the fans for being the person that beat daniel bryan in 27 seconds the crowd never got behind him after that and you got to remember he was really hot going into that match and they screwed over bryan and honestly if you think about it he has been given shit by the fans since i still think he's great i will never forget the money in the bank i believe that was in chicago uh when he uh he was the star of the smackdown money in the bank match and the crowd was going crazy for him and he was a straight up heel
1: they i mean they didn't do him any favors is that like when they the wwe's like part of why one of the arguments were like they people cheer heels and boo faces in the wwe's because like with the exception of roman a lot of the heels are like the right and not Mm -hmm. shitty people (laughs) like a lot of the the heel like the faces in like you remember like the thing i always get back to is you remember when like john cena beat up michael cole mm-hmm. and like didn't just beat him up but like dump barbecue sauce on him and it was like one of those where like at first okay it's fine and then eventually got to turn you just like like okay like this There's is uncomfortable they used to do to jr
0: you know in the 90s but it was always heels doing that kind of stuff you know what i mean it-
1: yeah. And so I think that you're right about Sheamus. I also think that, like, part of why that 20 that match got that reaction was that, like, that match would have been a banger. Oh, yeah. The, like, the two out of
0: three falls, the pay per view after is one of my favorite, like, underrated
1: matches of all the time. It's great. And, and I hope that Sheamus will get the chance. You know, I, it's easy to forget that he's been there for like 12 years and he really improved I mean, as he's a world wrestler. champion within like a year, I believe, right? A year or two? Yeah um and I think that there was a point where like I've gone I've sort of fallen out of my affection for him but like again like these kinds of matches remind me like oh yeah Seamus like and this is something that we talk about but like I like that we're more positive but like think about like 20 years ago a guy like Seamus who can work like he can at his size it's just like mind boggling to me. Yeah.
0: It'd be like a guy like Sid Justice being able to wrestle,
1: like, you know, he can. Seamus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, it's. I, it's, yeah. I mean, like, it, it, and it, it, but I really loved the match. I thought that it was hard hitting. I thought that I, I'm not, you know, I with those Falls Count Anywhere matches, I'm usually pretty. I, I find that to be like one of the most overused stipulations. Like I thought that match owned and I thought it was the best match in the show. I actually was like, all set to be like, okay, this is great. SmackDown. will, you know, and, and that speaks to how good SmackDown is, but overall I thought that it was a great, you know, that was a great match. And I mean, you
0: get those two match. It, it just SmackDown has been on fire. Uh, moving on to promo of the week. I mean, I can give them Hill of the week. I've given him promo of the week, I think, like two or three out of the last four weeks. It's Roman Reigns. uh, And and I wrote this down because it just he has been so good uh, with the facial expressions, uh, you know, the way he said things. But this week, you know, when he finally came on the screen to answer Jay about their match at Hell in the Cell and the stipulation, he goes, your dad used to say, don't believe everything you hear in this business and half of what you see. But what you just saw, you can believe that. I tried to help you. I tried to make your life better. All you had to do was say the words, acknowledge me as your tribal chief, and then this is what I love. He takes a really deep sigh. So now, for the first time inside Hell in a Cell, there will be an I Quit match. Another real deep sigh. And I mean, he just—he looks like somebody who just does not want to say what he's about to say, and he says. It didn't have to be like this. I just want to help you. I love you. But after you say I quit, there will be consequences. And, I mean, it gave me chills. Uh, He is proving me wrong because I've always been a huge Roman Reigns fan. But I've always said, well, he's not that good on the mic. Uh, He is proving to me that it shows with a lot of guys You don't know until they're given, you know, some good material and probably honestly some freedom, which I think they're giving him right now. Uh, And then obviously the, you know, the help to be with Paul Heyman all the time, because I think Paul Heyman is one of the uh, greatest promo men in the history of wrestling. And I know that when he gets involved with somebody in a working relationship, he's constantly giving ideas, advice. You know, this is what to do. And he's seen and done it all. But Reigns is on another level I am like so excited about this match at Hell in a Cell, which I can't believe a a Reigns-Uso back-to-back pay-per-view. And I'm more excited for the second match than the first one. Uh, Just kudos to Reigns, kudos to Uso, kudos to Heyman, and kudos to WWE. I just want more of this. I mean, this was a three-minute promo. It was fantastic.
1: So let me ask you something. Uh, How much do you think that, Roman benefits because I think that when they go back to having crowds he is going to get an amazing reaction and how much do you think that he benefits from you know not having a crowd right now and being able to set you know I think that initially the one thing that I have seen is that I think that the crowd response can throw and he's by no means the only person like Randy Orton I don't know if you remember there was that infamous moment with him and Sheamus where the crowd after WrestleMania just like they like not he, having it yeah yeah um how much do you think that hurts or i'm sorry how much do you think that helps roman the I mean, ability it helps to... him a lot i mean you remember i said
0: that i thought seth rollins for the first six seven months of this you know 2020 was the best wrestler in the world because of the matches he was putting on and his promos and rollins was another prime example of a guy that i think it helped him so much not having to talk over people or talk you know to a crowd to where you know he had that a lot more monotone serious voice which worked for the character that he was giving it's the same thing with reigns here you know it's like what i said it's almost like he's he literally is like asper you know he, he he doesn't want to say what he's doing he doesn't like being this way at least that's the way he's portraying his character but he's got to do it because he's like i'm the best everybody needs to know it acknowledge it and we can move on and I absolutely think it's helping. Just like I thought it was Rollins. And honestly, I mean the promo work overall in 2020, I feel like has been better and has proven that crowds probably hurt the promos. They help the matches a ton, but I think they overall end up doing more damage to promos than helping in most situations.
1: See, I I disagree. Well, I think that there's I, I most I somewhat disagree. I think that some of it is is that the with the scripted nature. There's the guys are not as good at improving and responding. But I think that overall, like making a uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit in this situation, I think is great. And I think they've done that. Um, my promo of the week was I mean, I'm with you. I I and I, I and part of why I, I'm not, you know, expounding on Roman is that he's my heel of the week. Spoiler alert um but uh my promo of the week was the mjf uh jericho uh and and in part because it paid off the joke about the uh about the jacket and like i i'm a sucker for stupid humor and the joke about sammy guevara's jacket being about eight sizes too big (laughs) uh as you can tell still tickles me um i'm very excited for them having a steak dinner uh next week what a segment I mean, you know it's yeah. gonna be great you know it is and, and I'm sort of interested in where it's going like are we gonna get you know are we getting a Jericho face turn like are we gonna have them you know is MJF gonna take over the inner circle you know is, is or is that what we're headed for it's just but it's funny and it, it's actually something like I'm usually a guy who that doesn't think that funny works in the main event Funny is working in the main event. So clearly, I'm wrong about everything.
0: I think it depends on the performer, but I, I agree with you overall. But I do think when it's done, you know, correctly and by the right performer, it's awesome. Um, the Hill of the Week, this is not my answer, but I just got to say, Ricochet deserves at least uh, a mention for his Eddie Guerrero tribute, um, not to mention just. The way he fell, man, I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. Because it's one thing, you you see it every once in a while. I know Sasha's done it uh, not too long ago. You know, the Eddie thing where you, you grab the chair, then right when the ref turns around, you throw it at the opponent and, you know, fall over. But the way Ricochet felt, he fainted. I mean, it was great. He, like, put his hand up against his head and fell, like, just straight back. It was wonderful. Uh, it was my favorite moment of the week. And it's you know Eddie Guerrero, Mr. Law and still it's got to be at least mentioned in the Hill of the Week for him, you know, giving him that tribute. But for me, it's MJF and Chris Jericho. You were sort of getting into it. I don't have any idea where this is going. I actually would assume kind of what you were getting to that MJF versus Jericho feud would work better with MJF stabbing Jericho in the back somewhere along the way, and then you lead to a face Jericho versus Hill MJF. I think that's the best way to make the match and feud an instant classic and something that I said a few months ago, AEW has wisely not used Jericho as a face yet, really. I mean, he's been over, but he's been a heel his entire time uh, in there. And I just think if they unleash face Jericho, I also think he's a great face. I know a lot of people, you know, don't like him as a face. I think no, he's wonderful. great. Well, I think he's great <laughs> both ways. And we're all, of course, the heels always cooler. You know what I'm saying? It's always easier to be the heel, But I think he's also a really good face. Uh, And I just think it would mean a lot for MJF. And I didn't even think about taking over the inner circle. That would make a ton of sense. It's not like any of those guys are really, you know, stuck to Jericho to where you could say MJF maybe, you know, helping them out, getting them better opportunities, whatever it may be. And then they all turn on Jericho, who's the old guy. Uh, But I think that that's definitely got to be your, you know, heels of the week. Uh, until something changes, because like you, I can't wait for this dinner next week. Uh, and I just, I love this interaction. I know it's a little clanky and, and they're not totally finding, you know, they're not running yet with this program, but I still think it's going to work because both these guys are so good at their craft.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I, I think that um, Jericho is one of those guys also. I, That's one of those, like it's the same thing with The Rock where I just like him so much more as a heel because he doesn't really change the character. Um, but I also like, but he's so good as a heel. That's the other thing. Um, it's a lot, you know, that, that is, it's not, I, I, and cause I try to stay positive with things, um, you know, the, the whole thing, but yeah, I mean that, that's sort of my, uh, my heel of the week was, Roman Reigns, obviously, who I, I'm, you know, I've joked about this. I don't know if you know, in the, uh, in the uh, wrestling observer, the technical wrestler of the year is the Brian Danielson technical wrestler of the year. Like, I think we're rapidly approaching the point where for as long as Roman is a heel, our heel of the week should be the Roman Reigns Memorial heel of the week, because he's just, you know, that promo, like you said, in three minutes, I thought that he accomplished a lot there was a real sense of menace to the match um my only concern is that the pg violence can't live up to it it's like is there like the i quit match that i think of is like i know that there was the batiste to one but like the um the the foley rock match is always the one where like <laughs> the rock like Really teed off on Foley's head. Oh, they, they, in the uh,
0: Beyond the Mat pay per view or, uh, excuse me, uh, documentary, they talk about like The Rock actually is seen backstage talking to Mick Foley, being like, you know, sorry, I think I hit you one too many times. And he was handcuffed behind his back and The Rock was just wailing on his head. Uh, and that was famously the match that Mick Foley didn't even say I quit. It was a recording, which was 40. brilliant uh, and, you know, a cool move, but. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that I love. I quit matches. I think it's it's very personal. And kudos to WWE again for Hell in a Cell, in my opinion, has gotten a little stale since they've gone to having it every year. I don't think they need to have its own pay-per-view. It needs to be something that's brought out maybe every other year for something really personal. Uh, but it's cool to see something you've never seen before. You've never seen another stipulation inside a Hell in a Cell match. Uh, I love it. I think it's going to work out great.
1: My only so my only concern with the Helena cells is, is putting a hat in a hat is like a story term, um, and you know the um, on two condoms. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah. So you get it. Um, the whole um, the storyline of uh, I like it. Like I, but I'm with you. I think that Helena cell is a it's a stipulation that you bring out for a you know a feud that you can't that's that the, the I go back to the original which was that Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker was it, at uh Ground Zero they couldn't stop it you know like they couldn't like they, there was too much violence they couldn't keep Triple H out and Rick Rude so they had this match that no one could get into and I just think that the expectations like so every year you have this and so you build the story around the stipulation rather than stipulation around the story so I'm with you on that but I am excited for it I think that it should we should get some PG brutality out of it um, and Roman and Uso have earned that trust
0: and so, so how about I went to a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in Atlanta there was two matches you want to talk about two you'll never forget classics Sheamus versus Big Show inside <laughs> Hell in a Cell and
1: CM Punk versus Ryback oh oh you know the ryback one i think actually wasn't that the shield's first appearance or no 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 no, no.
0: it was uh no, no no it was before that it they, remember they feuded where did they feud because uh, this was after or maybe it was it actually may have been a month before they uh debuted because survivor series is usually after hell in a cell um this was like 2012 or 13 and i remember i got the tickets early because i knew it was in atlanta at that time i had somebody that always give me tickets to wrestling because you know for those corporate things if you know somebody in there nobody wants to go to the wrestling things in corporate it's like take me uh <laughs> so i knew i was gonna go and then when i saw the two matches i was just like you gotta be kidding me uh do you have anything else you want to say on right i'm sorry i kind of interrupted you there
1: no, I do want to make one thing with Ricochet was that there is a very funny Twitter exchange where I think it was Eddie Kingston who said, uh, I think it was, uh, I might get this wrong, but said that Hillbilly Jim, that like he was like, he he didn't mind him being a Hillbilly, but he minded him imitating a Kentuckian. And Jim Cornette was like, ah, oh, like I'm bothered by Kentuckians imitating wrestlers uh, or by a Kentuckian imitating a wrestler. And uh, Eddie Kingston quote tweeted with like, is it ricochet <laughs> which i thought was uh anyway yeah i mean i i just like yeah I, I roman killed it he continues to kill it i don't usually watch smackdown live uh I, I don't usually watch wrestling live i tend to dvr and watch it the next day i watch smackdown typically before i go to bed on friday nights which says something about how must it is for me SmackDown has been really good. Um, and it's
0: why, again, I, and I'm not to keep always saying this on every podcast, but I give anything if we all go back to two hours because I think it would instantly get so much better. It's really hard to fill three hours of TV. Uh, the storyline you need to be ta- paying attention to, for me... Wait, did we,
1: did, we do, f- did we do Face of the Week? Oh, right. we did not.
0: Thank you, Sam. I'm glad somebody staying on topic. So for the Face <laughs> of the Week... I've got orange Cassidy. He took, you know, Cody Rhodes to the limit was one second away from probably winning the, the TV title. This is how you build somebody up without having them winning. I have been vocal in the last month or two that I was disappointed with his booking. This makes me feel a lot more confident that again, and this is why I you know don't need to overreact. AEW has overall done well booking most people. Now I don't agree with their champions and their ladies division. But outside of that, with most of their wrestlers, they have been pretty consistent with guys like MJF, uh, you know, obviously Orange Cassidy, when they have a big loss, they come back. There's other guys that they don't value as much and that's fine, but you can tell that both Orange Cassidy and MJF, they know what they have in those young guys. They know what they have in Hangman Page. Uh, So I I do think they get it in that sense. And this was a great match. And I, I thought it was cool that Cody sort of, Worked heel by default, but also didn't really. Uh, but I am getting more and more confident that this is what this is going to lead to the Cody heel turn, uh, maybe at the expense of Orange Cassidy. And I think it's going to be great. I really do. I think Cody could be a fantastic heel, and uh, but Orange Cassidy is my face of the week for what both a good match and a really smart booking decision with some of the losses he's had lately.
1: So I'm gonna go a little um I was disappointed like what this match made me feel like was first of all I was disappointed with the time moment thing. I'm glad that they I'm disappointed that they did it here. I'm glad that they did it because they've harped on it so much. but I thought it was disappointing to me because it felt like another example where orange Cassidy you know is the same thing where he didn't quite beat Jericho. And where he's not quite on those guys' level at this point. And I thought that after the Jericho feud, I would have liked him to level up. I also would have liked it, made me wish that Brody Lee had not lost last week. I thought that was it last week? Mm-hmm.
0: Or two How weeks about, ago. Sorry, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. ago.
1: Yeah. I wish that because if Brody Lee had been the guy there, like, okay, first of all, it's more understandable. And it, I actually think it makes it helps both guys because Brody Lee gets taken to the limit by, uh, orange Cassidy like okay Brody Lee's a fucking monster who just annihilated Cody Rhodes twice like it it, it really gets orange over but it also helps Brody with his uh, with his uh, looking like a monster I just feel like it benefits both guys so it's disappointing to me that that happened uh, it, it, and I like the match but that was sort of where I was
0: yeah I mean I just think that and you, you kind of made point to that, they have talked about the timeline and had it in so many matches, and they've only used it a few times. I think there's been two times that they've had a match, go the full time. Almost every match on AEW, if you listen to it when they're making the announcements, they don't always advertise. They'll say a 15-minute or a 20-minute time limit. And I just think that it's the best possible dusty finish that you can do for these two guys because... I mean, Cody just won the belt. I didn't agree with that decision. You know that. I was pretty upset yeah. that they did that. But you're at this point. You can't have him then immediately lose the belt to Orange Cassidy, or then it really makes no sense uh, mm-hmm. that he lost the belt. So uh, I think that eventually he's going to turn heel. And if Cassidy is the one that eventually beats a heel Rhodes for the belt, I think they're on to something. Uh, who was your face of the week, Sam?
1: Mine was, I, I'm, and we'll get into my sort of complaint, but it was the new day as a whole. Um, I like that. So that so much of what we've seen with tag team breakups is that it's a breakup and that they, you know, one person has to be the heel. I like that they were separated. I'll get into that. Um, I like that there was the separation and I like that. It was that ultimately like, they're still supportive of each other. Like, and i felt like that was in a world where it, you i think the genuine emotion helps uh, i thought that that was a really good like cuz what happens if you and your you know what happens if you have two locations at your job and one of your buddies gets sent to the other one you're not going to be like screw you we're you know we're enemies now it's like hey man like good job it's only like, in
0: uh, november for survivor series do people act that way right yeah like <laughs> cuz you have a t-shirt
1: yeah, thank you. As you watched me slowly turn into the Incredible Hulk <laughs> in the month of November. Um, yeah, trust me, like, preview of Sam just getting pissed all through November. Um, yes. Um, and, and Sorry, we, we I said knew this, that was going to get you. Yeah, you knew you'd rile me up. Uh, but yeah, that was sort of my feeling about, uh, was, but I liked that, like, they were still supportive of each other. It really made me like both, both, The New Day tag team and Big E more was that like they're being supportive of each other, where they were like, We have your back, like, we know you're gonna kill it, like, do well. Like, I was like, Oh, like they very clearly care about each other in real life, and it translates on the screen and it makes me like everyone more and really want them to be successful. And I think that the WWE has struggled in years past with creating faces like that, and they've honestly kind of fallen into a lot of guys like the biggie kofi like they've had uh and it's it's interesting i was it's funny i was listening to a uh, podcast about great american bash 92 and they were talking about ron simmons and how like the dearth of black champions and high-level wrestlers in pro wrestling like that was bill watts's philosophy was like well most of the high-level athletes in the in pro sports are black Mm -hmm. like why are they not in wrestling and i think that like i'm glad to see that the wwe slowly grudgingly is sort of moving in that direction you know it's not where i'd like it to be but i like if biggie is going to get his wrestlemania moment like if we get a two-night wrestlemania and one of those is him like standing over roman reigns that will be the second night i can assure you of that um yeah i mean i'm 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 here for it man I am here for it, so.
0: And it was sad. I mean, honestly, like, it was. Like, that's how much I love The New Day. Obviously, you know, it's scripted. Obviously, you know, they're still friends, both in real life and on the show, but it was still sad just to see their reactions and know that this is kind of the end of an era. I mean, they've been together on the same years, show. for Six years? So I think seven. No, nah, well. I think it was 2013. I'm pretty sure they came around nah. right after The Shield,
1: right? No. Um, oh no, you're I thought, right
0: because Biggie was. It's probably
1: 2015. I don't July 21st, 2014. Okay, so but so six and a half years, All right? Of uh, you know, which and they're the longest reigning tag team champions. Um, you know, they're guys who and and. One thing that I, I did, you know, one reason why I thought that the keeping the couples on the same show, at least for the time being, was not a concern, is because they the shows are in the same location. That was my, my thought. Fair. No,
0: that makes sense. I didn't even think about that. Um, now I wonder if that will change that opinion if they get back. Of course there's rumors yeah, well- that they may not even go back on the road. Uh, you know, other than for like Raw, SmackDowns, pay-per-views, but they may end up doing away with house shows. That's how much money they're making this year, realizing they're not on the road. There's rumors. They're talking about only doing, I think, international shows, and that's basically it. And other than that, they're going to do the weekly shows and pay-per-views.
1: I think so, and just my, my take on this is there's Eric Bischoff talked about like i'm a big 83 weeks fan talked about um how they like that he stopped the house show business initially i think the business evolves um i think that having men and women go out and take bumps for shows that aren't going to be seen you know especially for dwindling houses like if the business gets hot really hot again like yeah like i'm all for it especially if it makes people more money but like other than that, like, is there a reason to do house shows again anymore? I think the like, merchandise
0: for the wrestlers, I think they sell a lot of their merchandise when they, you know, cause if you're the man, like, you know, it's not a full roster when they go to these house shows. So say you're the 10th or 12th guy on the card, but you're basically, you know, in the main event for a show in Iowa or, or wherever, you're going to sell a lot of t-shirts probably. Uh you know, but I, again, I, I also think that if you ask them, they probably wouldn't, you know, trade the money for the travel and hectic life. Cause I mean, it, it's, you're
1: on the road all the
0: time. I'm sure that no matter how much you love your job, that's got to get really old really fast.
1: And the travel is the thing that I think that the guy, that the, you know, that's what Brock Lesnar said. The other thing I, I actually was that you, you, that I hope this will lead to is there is a period where like, some of the, I, I think that some of the, the dampened reactions in live crowds is when you're doing, like, they used to go to Worcester. Like, that was where Foley won the title, was Worcester. Um, they would go to Poughkeepsie, like, these somewhat smaller towns. Like, they go, they, there's always the show that they do now in, like, Iowa or Nebraska. That's, I'm just like, why do you keep going there? The crowd's always dead. And it's it's not like they go there a lot. It's, like, once a year. I'm like, I would trade – like, I feel like you might go to Worcester or, you know, Albany and get a better crowd. So, who knows?
0: I've always thought that they should have basically a rotation for the pay-per-views because there are certain crowds you just know are really good. I mean, it's it's been proven over and over and over again when pay-per-views are in this area or even just, you know, Rawls and stuff, the crowd reaction is so much better, and it can play such a big role. We've seen that maybe more than ever in 2020. Uh, The storyline you need to be paying attention to. um, WWE is known for moments. I mean, that's what they do. I I can think of Shawn Michaels throwing Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. I think of Seth Rollins, you know, turning his back on his shield members, hitting them in the back, literally with a chair. I think of Becky Lynch standing at the top of the arena, blood coming down her face, you know, her arms stretch. Austin getting hauled out of the arena with handcuffs. And
1: I actually Austin's think they're leading in a sharpshooter. Exactly. I, I,
0: there's so many, I think though, that they had a moment potentially, uh, this last week with Alexa and the Fiend, it was one of the cooler things I'd seen in a while. They just, this pairing together, like these two guys, or excuse me, people, man and woman, uh, I love them both so much and how committed they are to their characters. I've realized in the last like year and a half, two years, how much I miss Alexa Bliss being in the main event scene of the women's title picture. Uh, she's been great. And obviously in the tag team division with Nikki Cross, but she was wonderful as world champ. Uh, at first I was kind of like, what the hell? Cause you know, I'd heard all about the four horse and all of a sudden this Alexa Bliss starts winning titles left and right. But then you really saw why she was both a great performer and a great heel. I already love the changes she's made to her character as whether she's becoming Sister Abigail. I, you know, we don't know what's going on, but they're definitely the fiend and her are getting together. Uh, and to see them both hitting Sister Abigail's at the exact same moment, ending the segment with them both bending over backwards in the corner, looking at each other, uh, the possibilities, you know, make me excited as a wrestling fan. They really do. And I can't trust a performer probably on the main roster right now, more than Bray Wyatt with the things he does with his character. I mean, think about what you thought the first time he came out and did a Firefly Funhouse skit, you know, with the sweater on. You're like, this is what they did to tweak Bray Wyatt's character. And it's been great. And it's been wonderful. Uh, I can't wait to see her on Firefly Funhouse. And I'm sure that's going to come eventually uh it's just i think this is a great pairing that's going to be what raw really needs and while it was the smartest draft move that they made was sending the fiend and alexa bliss to raw because a the fiend does not need the title he doesn't he just doesn't As that kind of character undertaker didn't that's what you want are characters that don't need the title can be main attraction they've got three hours to fill and the Alexa Bliss and Fiend storyline is going to get a lot of camera time in 2021 and the rest of 2020. And I think that's a great thing for WWE because it's going to be a home run pairing. Uh, and I'm just excited to see where they go with it.
1: I think that Alexa and I, I'm with you on that. I think that Alexa and Bray are the two best characters in terms of uh, Wyndham Rotunda and Alexa Kaufman are the like, may not be the best workers but they do the best in terms of being the characters um you know inhabiting them uh i think that there is no reason for bray wyatt to like that that image could have been a massive failure both times and he held on longer as the initial iteration than he should have was so Um, good
0: he got over with husky harris chance for the first like two three months he debuted because people thought oh we'll mess with him and he was that good that he drowned that out
1: i actually think so here's the other and this is part of why i think nxt is so valuable and i I just imagine rc like reading this and just like sighing and making a dismissive (laughs) wanking motion but i think that the that small group of fans who I think exist, you know, they do, what, a million viewers a week? Is that about
0: uh, 800,000.
1: So if you figure that, that, that they make up a third, let's say, of the fan base, and that a third of any crowd, let's go even less, a quarter of the crowd, is at any given show are familiar with NXT, and that's going back a ways. You know, maybe it's 10%. But if you have 10% of the crowd when he came out, because everyone like i knew him from nxt and i had friends who didn't who were like oh like bray wyatt like you know <laughs> and, and i was like no 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 no! like this is super cool wait for it like it's gonna be like the butcher smocks like it's gonna be really awesome and i think that when you have those fans like that's helpful and i think that like if he had come in just cold as like a new gimmick like people would have been like i think that that's part of why uh what was uh, Matt, uh, Matt Bloom's gimmick? Tensai. Was that like when people were like Albert and shave your back, was that like no one, like he had done really well in, in Japan, but like there wasn't enough people to be like, no, 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 this is going to be cool. Give it a chance to turn the tides. And I'm sure that RC will disagree with me, but I think that that does help
0: i mean i still think the character though has to get it over because you look at all the guys that like no way jose and you know true bud and you know these guys that are huge in nxt and then it just it doesn't
1: happen i think that yeah and i think i agree with you and i think that that's one of those where like that's where the credit goes to bray and the credit goes to alexa bliss who like this could be goofy. It she didn't follow through on it. It could be absolutely goofy, and she's killing it.
0: Oh yeah. Her, uh, there's um. Again, it's like what you said. She's probably the best
1: actress
0: on the female side, and I mean that's what you need for this. She has played this, you know, almost, you know, damsel in distress at times. At times, she looks like she's in a cult. At times, she's you know confident and strong. She's she's nailed it.
1: I'm actually I'm reading uh, *Helter Skelter*, which is the book about the tate labianca murders and it's been interesting reading about the manson family and seeing this and like not great bob (laughs) but uh my my storyline to watch was the mjf jericho um i as i said i think that is this a possible inner circle feud like they were talking during that interview i think it was santana who said like we don't want him in the inner circle And I was like, oh, I feel like there's something setting up. Like maybe they're going to turn the inner circle face and that it's going to be that they quit on Jericho and, you know, and it's Jericho and MJF his heels against a face inner circle. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's interesting. And I've been, I'm by nature. Like I come from a WWF family. Like I've watched WWF. I'm always, I didn't grow up with the Southern style wrestling. I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong. Um, But that was an appreciation that I came to later in life. I have an AEW, I feel like has suffered the more during this pandemic than the WWE. That being said, this week was a good reminder of why I really enjoy AEW and why I think they've ultimately been good for the WWE. Um, I think that there's something there and it's definitely a storyline to watch.
0: So for the show of the week, it's actually a new superlative that I want to start doing because I think it is important uh, just to kind of see where, you know, what we're enjoying the most. Uh, I was going to go with AEW, um, but then I went back and rewatched the Reigns uh, promo. I, re- I went back and rewatched the New Day match because I, I thought I was going to pick that for match of the week. And I ended up basically watching the entire SmackDown. And I was like, no, AEW was really good, but SmackDown again was the best show Uh, And for about the last, I mean, honestly, since Reigns has came back, it's almost like it just kicked everybody in gear because it's not just Reigns has been really great. They've done a really good job of having several good storylines going on each week and putting on at least one or two really good matches, which that's what you want a two hour program. So I had SmackDown. I think you agree, right?
1: Oh yeah. I I thought that SmackDown and I agree with the whole sentiment of that. I think that, know there's been talk of Reigns as a locker room leader and I think that there's a lot I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of internal pressure to make SmackDown good because of the you know that Fox deal is basically what kept them above water financially. Uh that and the Saudi shows. So I think that for them to like Smack like they need to keep on Fox. So you need to be a ratings juggernaut. Um I think that it's hard to be successful on Friday nights, but I think that they continually, you know, it, it, I, I think I mentioned last week about, it might've been two weeks ago, where I was talking about the, uh, the first SmackDown on Fox and how, like, I just, I was, I had a friend who was done with, like, stopped watching the WWE because of that. It was bad. Uh-huh. I mean, and, and for them to be, especially during a pandemic, you know, making, you know, chicken salad out of chicken shit is really impressive.
0: I had over two million viewers now, I believe it's seven or eight weeks in a row, which is, is, you know, pretty impressive for a Friday night. They're starting to go back in the direction that obviously Fox thought they were going to. Uh, and then it's like what I told you Sunday, I turned on Fox and I had the best matches of 2020, uh, you know, on Fox on a Sunday afternoon. It was crazy. Uh, that's the kind of relationship that is going to continue to grow WWE and it's good for Fox because as a wrestling fan, there wasn't any good football games on. I was like, yeah, I'll watch and see what was the best matches of 2020.
1: One thing that I'm hoping for, honestly, is that there will be because uh, the the i think that there's been a lot of short-term hope you know we're gonna bring back the rock and we're gonna pop a rating or we're gonna and when as somebody who's old enough to have watched the wwf when it was the wwf and there the attitude era was that raw was the better show than nitro for a mm, at least three months probably closer to and it was certainly equally as good in building momentum for at least 15 or a year No, i'm sorry it was years about march there was a very famous raw thursday raw thursday that was supposed to be called titan strikes back that's where Shawn michaels lost his smile the rock lost the ic title there was a lot done there and i felt like that was the beginning of the wwf gaining momentum and i think that this is not something that happens overnight and i think that I, I've, I've said SmackDown is I've recommended SmackDown to friends, but I've said it's gotten better, but I'm still not hundred percent confident. I think that if we get to the end of the year where they've done a full quarter, you know, three full months of really high level shows like this, I'm, I'm going to be recommending like, Hey, you guys should probably, because I have friends who watch new Japan and watch AEW, but don't watch the WWE at this point. And I would say, you know, hey, guys, it's probably time to come back.
0: Well, I think you're going to see a wrestling boom in general when things open back up. Cause I just think you're going to see all things that people have missed that you can go out and doing crowds and group gatherings. People are going to be excited to do that. And, it, you know, AW is very high quality right now. Smackdown is very high quality right now. That's only going to, you know, help it or make it easier to grow an audience once you start having crowds because it's, same reason I started watching in high school. It was cool. I mean, it was, you know, I, I watched it when I was young Then I got out of it for a couple of years. And then like in ninth grade, I you know start seeing like, you know, Stone Cold shirts and, and stuff like that around the hall. And I'm like, what is this? And I was right back in. So uh, I do want to end the podcast doing a quick mock draft and we're not going to go through everything. I just really kind of want to see who would be our first picks. I'm going to go ahead and assume that Reigns and McIntyre would be the first two picks because those two champions, right? McIntyre yeah. have to go to Raw. Reigns would have to go to SmackDown. You don't can want I... the Street Profits uh, New Day
1: deal. Can, can, let me – no, no, no. That was – my complaint more – like what bothered me was – so they drafted the like the inconsistent – like the WWE, this is a fictional universe. I always talk about this that they said like that they broke up the new day okay fine if you established some something that it makes sense because the rules are inconsistent the hurt business hurt business were drafted as a group but then the new day it was only the tag team you know i i i just wish that there had been some sort of you know and
0: it would have been very easy to explain. All you had to say is, if you're a champion, you can go to either brand.
1: Well, so here's the other thing that sort of I wish the WWE had done is that the pick had they picked the New Day before they picked Biggie, and I wish that Biggie had been picked and that they had said, you know, and I get why they did. I want a Biggie. Yeah, I mean, and I, but I think that if that had been the case, to break it up. Where we don't want the whole New Day, we just want Big E. And I think that the, but that the, because it was done with the New Day, it's like, well, why, why wouldn't you take all three? And it's this kind of inconsistent. And it's one thing that frustrates me is that like, if you create rules in your world, like you, you don't create, like, think through the rules and be consistent with them. Don't make me see the wires, so that was the thing that bothered me, and like it, it's something that the WWE does, and it might not bother other people, but it does. Like it's the inconsistencies that bother me with the WWE.
0: And some of the picks, uh, the way they did it was really weird. You know, the the, the first round, they they kind of had a first round on each show, uh, mm-hmm. which didn't make sense because you'd already blown by the first round on Raw before the first round of SmackDown uh and they did try to kind of even it out if you look at the first picks on each show because like the second night it was the fiend you know bailey orton the street profits flair Strowman, daniel bryan and then on you know the upper episode it was mcintyre reigns oscar rollins Hurt business aj Styles, sasha Banks. so they're basically doing the best people but why wouldn't they go back to back so i understand that but so for our uh you know draft we can assume, right, that you got to have the two world champions go first, right? Yes. got to be McIntyre-Reigns. Yes. Who would be your second pick? Either brain. And that's what we're actually what we're going to do. Let's start out the window. I just want to kind of know, if you were building a roster right now, who would be your second pick after the two champions?
1: It's, you know, it's sort of interesting what I might have done. I get what they're doing in terms of the men, but I might have gone with the women first. I might have said that we're okay. Instead of picking Reigns, McIntyre, I'm gonna pick Bailey. um, I'm gonna pick Bailey, uh, Oscar, and you know, and and then uh, if I was building a brand, I would definitely, you know, Roman's obviously my first pick. Um, I might, I might surprise you. I might go. Uh, you know, I guess how many picks do I get here? Um, you're getting one. I'm saying who would be your second pick?
0: If Reigns and McIntyre, who's the next man or woman you're taking off the board? Charlotte Flair. So, see, I would then take, and Charlotte would definitely be somebody that I would consider. I would then take Bailey. Uh, you know, you get one of the women's champions. I think she's been arguably the wrestler of 2020 reigns is trying to make a really late push but i almost feel like that it's sort of like an mvp award like you didn't play enough you know you've been out of this world but bailey was here killing it for eight months while you're granted taking care of your family but she was there putting in the work so she would be my next pick so that's interesting so it would be two women then who would be your next pick
1: are we is this kayfabe or is this like if i'm just building the best brand
0: you're just building your best show and I mean it is along the lines of what their characters are now, not the wrestlers.
1: Their probably and, sto-
0: and storylines.
1: Uh, probably Big E, just cause I, I want if I have reigns, I'm going Big E. Okay.
0: So I, I think that if I took Bailey, I, I would want to go the fiend here, but again. You got to try to build a show. So I would probably go ahead and take Sasha Banks. You can continue that feud. It's been the hottest feud. It hasn't really even happened yet. You've just had one match that ends in disqualification. And I know for the next, you know, at least four to six months, you know, that could be basically your main event. And obviously I'd have either Reigns or, you know, McIntyre as my world champion. Um, who would you go with then next?
1: Probably Asuka. Uh, just because I like to have, there's the ready-made women's feud with Charlotte Nasca. Um, I really like the idea of getting those two in there. I also think that, from a purely ring work standpoint, they're the two best.
0: So, would you take Rollins or the Fiend next?
1: Who do you think is more valuable with their character right now? I would go with the Fiend just because I think that Rollins, The Fiend, they have sort of shuffled Rollins down to the mid-card, and I think The Fiend is still a main event player. And I think that his storyline with Alexa Bliss is more compelling.
0: If you had Roman Reigns as your champion for your show, would you then change your mind and take Rollins? Because I I am interested to see face Rollins versus heel Reigns, just for the dynamics. Or you could even leave it heel versus heel, But it's just going to be such a different dynamic seeing the two of them, you know, facing each other. Because before, Reigns was always pissed at him, right? Because, you know, you'd had, obviously, he screwed him. But, you know, it's a totally different Reigns right now, which to me is just interesting. Just this little tweak. I mean, it shows how different, you know, the heel turn has made
1: Reigns as a character. It would also be interesting to see them as sort of a two-man power trip. Mm -hmm. the but hopefully both of them stay healthy and eventually you could have rollins play the face right um i you know i yes i think that having i if i would keep fiend and roman oh i did say picking the fiend if i was picking for like i would take I think that it makes sense. Not well, that's to why I asked him. you for
0: that caveat. Was I mean, I understand. Yeah, I would probably yeah. take the Fiend too straight up. But if I had Reigns, and you know, obviously that was who we took the belt from. I think you need to push. I honestly think the Fiend should stay away from the title. Period. I remember Reigns Rollins. You know, so a potential feud, main event feud.
1: It feels like they are moving the fiend like they initially the story the rumor was that he was going to be the big face and now he's going to be the big heel or not i'm sorry the, i'm sorry let me rephrase that initially the story was he was going to be the top face and now it feels like they're moving him more to being a heel i almost feel
0: like they're leaving him sort of like the undertaker of just you know for a long time the undertaker really wasn't heel you know or face he was the undertaker
1: and yeah the, and it and was the, sort of the
0: i mean the, that would be to me the smartest way to so, only a few more because I just I'm interested in this. The, the next guy is it Keith Lee? Does it have to be Keith Lee? Would that be the next person? Because you've got the top four women because Becky is obviously we don't know when she's coming back. Uh, is Keith Lee got to be the next person with McIntyre, Reigns, The Fiend, and Rollins gone?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that, uh, and honestly, either show, I think that Keith Lee beating like if they don't want to do biggie beating reigns then keith lee wouldn't be a bad i mean i know he's still on raw but i think
0: what about daniel bryan then i guess that could be the one other option right
1: yeah daniel bryan and and daniel bryan i like i so here's where the caveat comes with daniel bryan i think his contract is up in a year i think that he signed a three-year deal in 2018 in october like uh i think that he is somebody who you can vast like he is to me when it is all said and done will be in the conversation for greatest wrestler of all time um I think that and certainly I mean in ring worker that there's no question um I think that he is somebody who I would love to watch him feud with Roman as a heel I think that there's such a great you know they had their feud I think that everyone wanted to see it like if you want to have the uh, if you want to have the corporate Roman versus the people's champ Dan O'Brien I mean that story tells itself oh for sure Um, Uh, but yeah I if I was I would put Keith Lee on Raw and you know which they did and I but I would definitely keep Dan O'Brien on Smackdown All
0: right. so who would be the one sort of middle or late round pick. So basically just, you know, one of the outside of top 12, 15 guys or girls, do you think is going to be the biggest player in the next year that might surprise people?
1: I, I think Murphy. I think that Murphy has a chance to come out of this feud with Seth Rollins and the, and the Mysterios and really make some noise. I think that he's really improved as a worker. And I think that there, this storyline has a lot of, of potential for him. Um, so then,
0: Well, I was going to say the two names that I think that you should look at are uh, Sami Zane and then Jey Uso uh, because they made Bianca Belair a big, a big deal. You know, I, w- I would probably have said her, but she went in the second round of the first night. So she, I mean, that was a big deal. That was big for her. I'm glad they not only drafted her then, but like, promoted it, and also good for Naomi, who went right before her, um, but Jay Uso has really surprised me uh, with this range feud, now, we'll have to see, is it just, you know, it's the fact that Reigns is back, he's the first person feuding with him, is that, you know, why he's, he's kind of, you know, so over, but he's been so great, uh, but if not, I mean, I think Sammy Zane's doing great work right now. Like, I really do. And I could see him being the IC champ, uh, you know, being that good kind of heel champ that could hold the belt for a while until you get a face that you know you want to kind of make your next upper mid-card guy and
1: have him go over it. So there was a guy who was drafted to Raw, and I I kind of want your take on this, and that's Matt Riddle, who's a guy that I've been really high on. Um, I thought that he actually like RC's giving me shit, but I thought that Matt Riddle was the guy and and I'm going to explain my opinion change was the, the most can't miss prospect since Daniel Bryan Uh, in terms of Matt Riddle had a catchphrase. He's a good looking guy. um, He can work. Like all these things that Vince really loves that being said, there is the out of company stuff. I don't know if you heard that that Candy Cartwright fa- filed a ten million dollar lawsuit against him. I mean, which I was sort of shocked by. Um, but I have, you, you know, I'm not I'm not going to comment on the veracity of that. Like I'm going to let that play out. Um, I I want to, you know, I think that all women deserve like she deserves her day in court. Um, but if it comes out if she wins that lawsuit i think he's done at the wwe it should be and and let me rephrase this he should be done at the wwe if the lawsuit if he wins she wins the lawsuit um i also don't you know he had that he you know brock lesnar at one point made a comment about you know he had said he wanted to retire brock lesnar and brock lesnar said we're never working together goldberg and he apparently had heat uh, now it's come out that he and seth rollins don't like each other uh, he seems to be pissing off a lot of, you know. I I think that Goldberg is one thing, Lesnar is one thing. The but Rollins is somebody that I think like okay, one pe- you know a couple of people who are sort of known for being honorary is one thing, but but Rollins is a guy who I'm kind of. Uh, what like is, that's It a, was his wife
0: that pissed off Rollins, right?
1: So yes but i think that i have a feeling that there's more than that because apparently uh they were trashing each other to you know and again this is all internet hearsay but apparently yeah rollins was pissed because riddle's wife made a comment about uh becky's physique which is ridiculous oh no Um, she made a
0: post i mean there's proof that she made the comment because she put it on social media
1: and which I thought was both very stupid and shitty, um, yeah. and but then, like I I don't think that she and you know Rollins were together at that point. Becky and Rollins were together at that point, but I felt like you know that that this has continued and that Rollins has continued. You Sam, know, as somebody who's married, I can promise you that any beefs before. <laughs>
0: you meet your wife or husband that they have, they will continue. And you are now also beefing or angry at those people. That's just the rule of marriage.
1: I, I just don't think it's fair to blame Riddle or you know, for something that his wife said or, or vice versa. I don't yeah, think- but he that. has a
0: habit, in my opinion, of being a guy that he's trying to walk that kayfabe line. Like if you think about it, all these things, get out the stuff with Goldberg, the stuff with, you know, Rollins, the stuff with uh, Brock. I-, I think he's trying to, you know, I mean, I, it's worked for other guys. So I get it. I think he's trying to create matches, you know, with these big names is what he's trying to do by using, you know, real life beef.
1: I, I, I hope so. I mean, because I like Matt Riddle. Um I reserve the right to change. You know, I I liked Matt Riddle. I, I and mean, that's I, something Triple H would do. You
0: know, back I, like if social media was around, I guarantee you Triple H in the late nineties would you know do something like that. He would try to start beef somehow with you know some bigger names. And I, and well, I don't he, mean that as an insult. I mean that it's he's the kind of person he's going to get to the top no matter what it takes. And uh, I, I've been really impressed with Riddle in the ring. I was not a big fan of him in NXT. I think his slogan's kind of stupid uh and the way he talks but he can really wrestle like I, he's had a lot of really good matches that title match with AJ Styles his first night was incredible
1: yeah and I think that's the you know so I think that he but I'm, I'm curious about if he's his own worst enemy in that regard because I thought that he was going to most people are know, true uh, but yeah, he was a guy that I that I I will be interested to see what happens with him. I think that there's some of the out of the ring stuff that obviously, um, you know, is, is I don't care, you know, if it came out that Daniel Bryan, you know, was had done the same thing. Daniel Bryan's my favorite active pro wrestler. CM Punk, like, and thankfully they haven't, um, uh, you know, and t- there's no evidence that they've done this stuff, and and so I can safely say like they're I love rooting for them, but like. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Will Ospreay. I don't care if you're Matt Riddle. I don't care. Like, I'm not going to cheer. I'm not going to, you entertains me. Like, I think that's such bullshit and cowardly. Like, I like it makes me sick to my stomach. Um, like, I, I'm not going to justify that. So, um, soapbox off. But yeah, I was sort of curious about your take on that with Riddle. So real quick, and then we got to get out of
0: here. I'm going to give somebody that I'm really happy that they moved and somebody I'm disappointed that they didn't. Uh, and then I want you to do the same and then we really do got to get out of here I'm uh, a little disappointed that they did not move King Corbin um, I think he could have used a change of scenery Raw needs somebody with a big personality because I feel like Raw uh, even with some of the changes they made they still have a lot of really good young wrestlers but not a lot of people that can talk and, and truly understand how to be a character so I, I wish that they would have made that change. I think that it would have benefited you know the show immensely. Do you have one that you wish they would have changed?
1: I wish that the Street Profits had changed, actually. Um, I thought that... Uh, wait. Sorry. The, uh, I'm <laughs> no, you're good. One that um, you wish would
0: have changed. Uh or you want Gene to go right into your uh, you, you don't want to change. I don't want to put you on the spot, Sam.
1: I know no, no, just, no. I threw that on you last second. Um I'm just looking, I I'm looking at who I kind of wish Lacey Evans had. I would have been interested to see her on SmackDown because I think that she's somebody who with a little bit of rehabilitation could be pretty good. And I just think that they've done her no favors on Raw.
0: So the person that I'm glad I saw change was Elias. It's just good to see him back. I, I'm probably, you know, got more stock in Elias than most people, but I just, he looks like Macho Man Randy Savage. I mean, that's a good start. That's a look. Uh, he's got the guitar, which we've seen that that's worked before. And he's a pretty good wrestler. He's a big dude. I saw him in the airport one day. Like, his arms are humongous. Uh, I'm really glad that he is both back. And how about let's give WWE some credit for actually continuation. Because, you know, he attacked the man that he believes hit him with a car. Uh, Which I didn't even realize that at the time it was happening. But read it in a review that I read of, you know, the episode and i went wow like they never do that so kudos to them for that is there one that you're happy that changed
1: yes it was uh and i sorry for the brain fart uh was that yes it's the street Profits. i think that the wwe has made them into such so just like embarrassed like they're not entertaining they made them really like the comedy stuff has just been so cringy I'm glad that SmackDown has a chance to, you know, help rehabilitate them.
0: And SmackDown has really done a good job of having, like, true tag team matches. Like, I will give them that, uh, you know, they've been kind of hamstrung by who they can have as champions until, obviously, they put it on Shinsuke and Cesaro. But, uh, and with that, we got to get out of here because we went way longer than I thought we were going to. Sam, do you have anything you want to plug
1: before we get out of here? Uh, Just the Team Turnbuckle Twitter account. Uh, my Twitter account, SHOW610, Team Turnbuckle is Team Turnbuckle. Uh, the IBM Sports All Star perk, uh, it's Patreon, it's $5 a month, pays for itself with gambling picks and all of that. Uh, that's it.
0: And uh, I just want to get around people we did the Boys Season 2 uh, review. We actually talked a little bit about Season 1, quick recap. That was me and Sam, that dropped on Tuesday. And then me and Joe dropped the latest episode of the weekly Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. That is a podcast where we give three picks uh, using DraftKings tier system. By And by tiers, I mean their cost. We give an expensive play, a medium-cost play, and a cheap play for each position to fill out in your Daily Fantasy lineups. But uh, we miss our buddy, Ron. He'll be back hopefully next week. But for Sam and Keith, this has been another edition of the Team Turnbuckle podcast. We will see you guys soon.